Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. This show is brought to you by TalkShoe, where anyone can create their own internet talk show. Check it out at T-A-L-K-S-H-O-E. Uh, hello and good evening. This is Jules, and uh, welcome to what is uh, sort of an, an interim uh, podcast between my re- weekly shows. Um, I had realized by looking at uh, my list of recordings that I haven't done a story in a while, and I was inspired by doing my uh, talkcast last evening about Florence and thinking about my trips there, and decided to. Uh, kind of tell you a little story about one of the trips I took. Uh, This particular trip uh, to Italy was a two-week trip uh, between my first and second year of business school um, in late August 1985. Uh, And I'll just kind of start off by saying, in in summary, this was absolutely one of the uh, most wonderful two weeks of my life. So let's uh, let's get started. Uh, The first section uh, I'd like to... uh, title, Going to Bologna. Uh, My trip to Italy that summer uh, was just started off kind of just right. Uh, I remember boarding the plane in San Francisco, and I had only packed a single uh, small gym bag with clothes, and that was all I was going to take. Uh, What I didn't bring, I figured I could always buy if if I had to. Uh, My itinerary was to depart from San Francisco around 9 a.m. and fly directly to Rome. Um, after the flight took off, I remember the flight attendant, um, as usual, began passing out drinks. Uh, so I decided to kind of get things started out right. And when she came to me, I, I asked for a beer. Um, it's a bit early, isn't it? She said, uh, looking at me uh, kind of a bit surprised. Um, my reply was, it, not in Italy it isn't. And um, there it's about 6 p.m., which is a perfect time for a drink. Anyway, she, uh, she smiled and handed me uh, a beer free of charge uh, because this was an international flight, uh, which I, of course, thought was a great deal and had many beers uh, more on the flight over overseas. Uh, so the flight was, was obviously very long going from San Francisco all the way to Rome, and uh, I took the opportunity to kind of uh, brush up on my Italian, uh, reading the books that I had uh, received when I studied in Florence the previous year uh, for my one-month uh, a trip uh, there. Uh, in addition, I, I was reading the book The Agony and the Ecstasy, uh, which is about the life of uh, Michelangelo. And if you certainly get a chance, I, I strongly recommend that you read that book, in particular right before you go to Italy. It, it kind of brings some things in, into perspective. Uh, anyway, um, as we kind of crossed over the the East Coast, um, as expected, they, they, they turned off the lights in the uh, cabin on the airplane. Uh, but for me, I knew, frankly, there was no way uh, to sleep, uh, given a number of things. Uh, my uh, my time clock was still California, and uh, it wasn't that late in California time. Um, 
and frankly, I, I'm just not one to, to be able to sleep on airplanes, uh, frankly. And and I guess I was also just all kind of excited and, and revved up uh, for my for my trip. So in any case, um, I sat in my chair uh, throughout the the night and uh, did get up uh, several times from my seat to just walk around and stretch my legs, uh, talk to some of the flight attendants, and uh, that sort of thing. Anyway, uh, it was uh, a few hours, I don't know, maybe, I can't remember, you know, three, four hours before uh, the scheduled arrival. Uh, I was standing uh, near one of the windows in the plane, and I started a conversation uh, with this guy who was um, actually from, from Italy. Uh, in fact, he was from Rome. And uh, his name was Stefano, a great Italian name. And uh, it was interesting because he was returning from a month-long vacation in the United States. And I was just amazed. He seemed to have been absolutely everywhere. I don't know how he did it with planes and trains and, and automobiles, but he saw, you know, coast to coast. And I remember him talking about New York and Boston and Chicago and the cities in California and, and Texas. And I was just amazed he had been that many places uh, in, in the United States. Uh, anyway, we spoke Italian and English kind of, uh, I don't know, it was sort of like each of us could practice the other one's language. Uh, he naturally knew, knew English from being here and also had studied a bit in school, and uh, I hadn't spoke Italian since the previous year, so it was a good chance for me to brush up on things. And uh, what, what's actually typical sometimes when you meet foreigners is that uh, they'll speak your language and you speak their language, which we did a little bit. So anyway, I, I told uh, Stefano that... Uh, my itinerary was to land in, in Rome and then to travel to Bologna, uh, but I had a, a three-hour, uh, if you will, layover. It wasn't a layover because it would be in the, in the train station uh, before my, my train to Bologna. Anyway, he, he invited me to his uh, apartment, um, you know, so I had some place to go, basically, instead of hanging out in the train station, and then even offered to drive me to the station after... Um, after after a few hours, which which I thought was was just great, and it was a good time to, frankly, see Rome, which I hadn't planned as part of my itinerary, but at least I got to um, be there for a while. Anyway, when when the you know the the plane uh, landed, um, got into the gate, obviously, I uh, I took my my piece of luggage, and uh, after we de uh, deplaned, uh, waited for Stefano, who had um, some large bags uh, waiting in baggage claim, uh, went through customs and uh, and that sort of thing. And uh, you know, being being with Stefano was was really great. Um, in being in Rome, naturally he knew exactly where to go from from the airport. Um, we we took a, a train ride to the center of Rome and then uh, walked to his apartment. Um, his apartment was was really you know kind of interesting. It was it was just this small two room apartment, uh, very stark. Not a heck of a lot of things on the on the walls. Uh, he had a, a fireplace with a mantle, which I remember specifically, and I'll tell you about that in a, in a second. Um, so, so after a little conversation, uh, he he uh, he started to get to his bags, and he he said I he wanted to show me something. Um, I figured it was some sort of um, I don't know trinkets or something he had purchased in the United States. So he reaches in his a large bag, kind of kind of like a, a, a duffel bag, canvas bag. And he pulls out a can of Coke, which, okay, a can of Coke, that's that's great. Uh, he took back a can of Coke from the United States. Um, then he reaches back into his bag, uh, and, and he pulls out other cans of Coke. 
and he pulls out uh, different types of Coke. He had Diet Coke, caffeine-free Coke, cherry Coke. Uh, there was Coke with um, kind of like a sports player, I think it was a baseball player on the can, a vanilla Coke. <laughs> and um, it, it, I, was, I was sort of amazed, and, and he says to me, hey, we only have one type of Coke here in Italy. So he thought that was a great souvenir, certainly a very inexpensive souvenir. Uh, then he proceeded to take the cans of Coke and put them side by side on his mantelpiece. I can only imagine until today he still has them there. So we decided to go to have a cappuccino before going through the train, and um, he told me he wa wanted to change. So he comes back from his bedroom, and he's dressed in uh, basketball shorts, a Mickey Mouse shirt, a Yankees cap, and brightly covered Converse sneakers, which was pretty funny because I was trying to look Italian with my linen pants and yellow, yellow shirt and uh, leather loafers with no shoes. Um, anyway, I got to Bologna um, late that evening around 10 o'clock, and I went to the place where I was to meet um, my friend uh, Michelle. And Michelle was a girl I had met the previous year in Florence. Uh, she had lived with me in the villa outside Florence uh, in the house, uh, with the, the people who, who house students from the Italian language school. And back then we became kind of inseparable, um, and we just had so much in common, I guess. And we just saw life in a similar way, frankly, a, a bit cynical, uh, sarcastic, and uh, more than anything, sort of straightforward and direct. And her and I could just spend hours talking to each other. What seemed like a, a whole night, uh, finally a car pulled up, and she got out of the car and uh, gave me a kiss on the cheek, and it, it just, I don't know, it just didn't feel right. And, and after I, I realized uh, pretty soon that her mother was driving the car, which I hadn't expected her to be there. And um, that turned out to be not great, which I'll tell you about in a second. <laughs> so the three of us spent most of the next day walking around the colored uh, porticos in Bologna, uh, looking in shops, uh, stopping for occasional snack um, in a bar or cap uh, cappuccino. And it, um, I don't know, kind of hard to say, but it became aware to me that Michelle was um, pretty much de depressed, uh, sort of everything was negative. But what was really worse than that was the fact that her mother was a psychiatrist, and I guess her mother just couldn't see uh, the forest or the trees that her own daughter well, was having problems. Anyway, after a couple of days of that, um, kind of couldn't take, take it much more, and I told uh, Michelle that I was planning to go to Florence that next morning. Um, and the good news was she said she would uh, join me there in a couple of days because, frankly, she wanted to get rid of her mother, too. So anyway, I arrived in Florence, and um, I took a beeline to this pension that I had read about in Let's Go Europe, well, which, is, which is really a great travel book. Um, it's kind of for the younger set, but it does have a lot of good bargains and things like that uh, for restaurants and pensions and such. Anyway, uh, it turns out they didn't have any vacancies, and uh, the guy named uh, Roberto uh, he, I certainly could tell I was upset, and he told me in, in about two days there would be an opening in the pension so I could stay somewhere else and come back in two days, um, which I didn't think was, was too bad, and he allowed me to use his telephone to call some other pensions. Um, and I frankly wasn't very successful, and he could see that, that, that they were full. Um, and he then says to me uh, in, in Italian that there's this small room in the back I said it was very small, molto piccolo, and I didn't know what that meant, so he, he took me to the back room, and the, the room was it, it's just the funniest room you can imagine. It, to, to use the word small is completely inadequate. It was this kind of shoddily constructed um, room 
that the the, room, the walls didn't even reach to the to the ceiling of this uh, high ceiling room, and it was kind of in the family room of the people who lived in the pensions. And in pensions, usually the family runs it, so the family lives in one part and the guests live in another part. So inside this little tiny room, uh, I don't know how large it was, but there was a single bed, a small dresser squeezed in the corner, and just enough room for me to walk beside the bed uh, and squeeze through. Um, Frankly, I thought it was absolutely perfect, (laughs) and especially when he said to me that it was uh, 30,000 lira per night, which at that time turned out to be only 15 U.S. dollars. Uh, You can imagine... um, how, how excited I was having to spend another 10 days in Florence for only $15 a, a night. That, that was great, and obviously I had a lot of money to do other things. So the other thing I did was, at that point, I decided that I would spend the rest of my trip in Florence and use it as a base. And the, the great thing about Florence, if you're going there, is in addition to seeing Florence, it's a great place to take day trips, uh, which I did to uh, towns like San Gimignano, uh, Assisi, uh, Siena, and, and a few others. Uh, so that's, that's kind of the first part of the story. And, and the next uh, section I'd like to call uh, Pizza with New Friends. <laughs> and um, so, so one night when I was there, uh, I walked down the street. I was alone that night. I hadn't, hadn't met anybody that day to have dinner with or anything like that. And it was a warm uh, evening, and pretty much all the people sitting at the pizzeria were seated outside and to describe it they sort of take the the sidewalk of the street in a lot of Italian restaurants and they'll line it with these kind of um, head height uh, thin hedge bushes and leave an opening where you can walk in and it's very typical of of the Italian restaurants there and they just take over the sidewalk of the street uh, something that usually isn't done uh, here uh, in in America but is done quite often in, in many of the European cities. So he he goes over to this table uh, with with a bunch of people at it and and comes back to me, and you have to understand that the concept of sitting alone for dinner to an Italian is is almost tantamount to to being a sin. So he walks back to me and and asks uh, asks me if I would mind um, sitting with these people. Uh, I was I don't know completely overjoyed with this fact that I could actually sit with people and not be by myself and. Uh, Soon I learned that the six people were actually not six people traveling together, uh, but they were uh, three different uh, groups of people. Uh, across from me, from, from the wood table, there were two Italian guys, uh, I guess probably in their mid-20s, per similar to what I was. Uh, there was a Spanish couple uh, to, to my left, and there were two French girls seated uh, to my right at the, uh, at the end of the table, and, and I was kind of sat, uh, kind of squeezed in the middle. And... For me, the most significant thing about this was that none of them spoke absolutely any English. So anyway, the conversation was was just great. The Spanish couple who spoke spoke perfect uh, Castilian Spanish, uh, not like the the Mexican Spanish uh, um, or the Puerto Rican Spanish we hear in the States, but a much purer Spanish. And the Italian guys, those two kind of spoke to each other pretty easily. In their, in their native languages, and when they didn't understand something, um, they kind of used a synonym for a word and, or maybe a short description, and, and they seemed to be getting along and, and speaking quite easily with one another. And I followed not all the Italian, but a lot of the Italian, and a tiny bit of the Spanish, you know, when they were using words uh, that were similar. And then the Italian guys could speak to the French girls. 
And that was pretty easy. I don't know exactly how they did it, but obviously with uh, being Romance languages, I guess they're similar in terms of grammar and, and some of the words, and they kind of changed their accent a little. And I guess for me, it was sort of left off a lot of the verbs in, in Italian, uh, which is, I guess, how French is spoken. They seem to leave off a lot of the letters at the end. Um, not that I speak French. Um, in any case, I kind of followed the whole conversation very well, and when needed be, the Italian guys translated to me, and everybody translated to each other and, and things like that. And it was just great. And, you know, the the good thing in terms of speaking Italian is that when you meet people uh, for the first while, you know, it's kind of the basics, as I had in one of my other uh, podcasts. Uh, you know, you, you basically talk about who you are, where you're from, what your name is, what do you do, that kind of thing. Um, anyway, that, that happened pretty quickly, and... Uh, Overall, we were probably at that pizzeria for, had to be two and a half uh, hours, and I don't know how many carafes of uh, red wine uh, we drank, but I know it was enough uh, because what I do remember from the rest of that evening is not only the laughing at the pizzeria uh, until it was closed, but I remember uh, walking down the street right in the center of Florence, or from, from the from the restaurant to the center of Florence, and we passed by my pension, uh, we kept walking a few more blocks to the Piazza della Signoria, and the whole time we were singing songs uh, in different languages. Um, some of the songs we kind of knew. Uh, they knew they knew American songs naturally more than I knew their songs, and I remember the songs just kind of echoing up and down the, the stone and stucco buildings, when, and naturally they, they reverberate. Um, it, it was just a great time. Um, I, I don't remember what time I got home. It was certainly after midnight. And uh, frankly, I don't remember any of the people's names <laughs> or else I would have said them. And we frankly had no plans to get together. I never saw any of them again on my vacation or since. But uh, overall, uh, I have to say, as, as you can tell, that that memory uh, stayed, has stayed with me now for over 20 years. And it was certainly... Um, if not the best, one of the best uh, dinner experiences uh, I've ever had in my life. Anyway, that's that's the end of the story. There's many more things I could talk about on that uh, trip, but uh, I'll make it short for tonight. Uh, just remember that you can reach me at uh, jules at talkshoe.com. That's J-U-L-E-S. And my new blog is uh, www.italyjules.blogspot.com. This is Jules signing off. Ciao. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.